The Politocrat is brought to you by the great people at Anchor. Anchor is such a great place to go if you want to get started in podcasting. And it's easy and it's free. Anchor, marvelous stuff, marvelous. And I'm so grateful to the folks at Anchor for getting me going with The Politocrat. If you want to get going and be heard on Apple, on Spotify and everywhere podcasts can be, Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. It's on us to stop sexual assault. To get in the way before it happens. To get a friend home safe. And to not blame the victim. It's on us. To look out for each other. To To not not look the other way. It's on us to stand up. To step in. To take responsibility. It's on us. All of us to stop, stop sexual, sexual assault. assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. Welcome to another edition of The Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore. It is Friday, May the 1st, 2020. What you just heard was an ad from the It's On Us campaign, a PSA on sexual assault. That PSA was from 2014 when the Obama administration launched this organization called It's On Us as part of the anti-violence initiatives and campaigns that the Obama administration had started. Now, Joe Biden, of course, was the vice president under President Obama, and he was really one of the chairs or co-chairs of the organization of this campaign. And who you just heard from were a number of celebrities. And you can see this PSA, and you can look for it on YouTube. It is called the It's It's called It's on Us Sexual Assault PSA. You can find that on YouTube. It's there now. One of the voices you heard was Joe Biden's, and that was at the, around the twenty-two second mark. Joe Biden now finds himself to say the least, in a spot of bother. The question for me is not do you believe Tara Reid? The real question that I would ask is do you believe Joe Biden? Joe Biden was on Morning Joe this morning. And for the first time, he addressed the very serious allegations that Tara Reid brought against him. 
Torah read on numerous occasions over the last year has either gone to the press or has made statements and had interviews. And much of those efforts had been ignored. Much of those efforts were largely ignored by the New York Times, by high-profile Democratic politicians, including people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Senator Elizabeth Warren, Speaker Pelosi, Dianne Feinstein, the senator in California, Kamala Harris, the senator in California, Kirsten Gillibrand, the senator in New York, Ronan Farrow, who, of course, wrote a book called Catch and Kill and had written some excellent exposés um, on women who had been survivors and who are survivors against the powerful men like Harvey Weinstein and others, Megan Toohey and Jody Cantor of the New York Times, who had written about Weinstein and broke that story in 2017. Farrow had written about Les Moonves and numerous others in this circle of very powerful men who had been accused or who had actually raped women and had harassed women. Matt Lauer, all of these people in the media. And so this morning, after over a month of trying to ignore, quite frankly, these allegations by Tara Reid, Joe Biden went on air on NBC, a place, of course, where Matt Lauer used to live. Matt Lauer, by the way, is the one who had a secret switch under his desk that he would hit to lock the door from the inside when a woman was in there and he would proceed to sexually harass or attack women. Matt Lauer is no longer with NBC. So on that very same network, Joe Biden got on television this morning to speak to Mika Brzezinski. Just a half hour before that, he had released a statement to Medium. And quite frankly, the statement that he released to Medium operates and operated as his talking points for the 18-minute interview that Mika Brzezinski did with him regarding these very serious allegations that Tara Reid is making. Very serious indeed, quite frankly. Tara Reid has been, in my view, very clear and very succinct and very detailed. Not that detail has to be the factor for credibility, but because as we know of survivors, when they speak about what happened to them, whether it was two minutes ago, 27 minutes ago, or 27 years ago, it is the very specific things that they do remember. There are things that they may not remember or they may block out because they are too painful or traumatic. But there are also things that they remember very specifically. The smell the way a room smelled, the way the person that they say attacked them smelled. 
They may remember a particular thing about the room that they were in. They may remember the atmosphere. They may remember all kinds of things. And one of the things that for me really is compelling about Tara Reid is that she exhibits all of those types of traits that are consistent with what we see in survivors. Now, look, I am not a trauma specialist. I do not have any experience in measuring trauma. I am not someone who works as a social worker. I am not someone with any experience in psychology or psychiatry, and nor am I a counselor for survivors. I've never been in any of those things. But what I can say is from my research and what I have learned is that survivors exhibit these types of traits and these types of patterns where they remember these very, very clear things. They may not recall every single thing because obviously there are some things that are buried deep within the subconscious, deep within the reservoirs of their souls. But one thing that is very, very true of survivors is that they will recall and have total recall about very specific things. There is so much research out there. There's so much experience and expertise out there that actually backs up what you are hearing me say right now. I believe Tara Reid I have said this many times on this podcast in numerous episodes, including in an episode in which I spent the better part of an hour, almost an hour, speaking about Tara Reid and her allegations and about the fact that I think she is thoroughly credible. I think that that is really the case here. Tara Reid will be on television this weekend, by the way. She is ex expected to be on Fox News Sunday with Chris Wallace. And that will be played on the Sunday morning talk shows. Now, I don't know if it's going to be a live interview or if it's going to be a recorded interview. I do not know. But I do know that that is going to happen this Sunday. I don't think it's been officially confirmed yet. Although during the 18-minute interview that Mika Brzezinski did of Joe Biden... She made it clear, and she did say that Tara Reid is going to be on television this weekend, this Sunday, this weekend. Now, one of the things, again, before I get into some of the specifics, but also the context of what happened today, and also, in particular, Survivors and why I think that the atmosphere for survivors in these types of forms is really toxic is because what I want to what I want to get into is is get into all those things. But the question that I really want to ask again is this is not a question to me of do you believe Tara Reid? The question for me and the question that I ask and that I would ask you is do you believe Joe Biden? Welcome back. The forum is the thing. 
and the form is toxic. The court of public opinion is toxic. The news media is toxic. For survivors, all of these things, when speaking about very personal, deeply traumatic things that they have experienced, that forum is, co- is toxic. Survivors need a safe space, a safe haven, and the comfort of knowing that they can speak without retribution. There are hashtags like why I didn't report. There are hashtags like, for example, why women don't report. Those hashtags exist for a reason. Welcome back. The forum is toxic. The news media is toxic. The court of public opinion is toxic. For survivors, these places are toxic. When it comes to the traumas and deeply personal attacks against survivors, the violence against survivors, the news media is not really the place where survivors claims should be litigated. Often, there is no choice. The proper agencies will not often take survivors seriously. Now, there are important areas, rape crisis centers, domestic violence centers, who do take survivors very seriously indeed. But when you're dealing particularly with the powerful, and the powerful in this case meaning powerful men, where can survivors go? Where would a survivor go? Where would survivors be taken seriously? And if a survivor is not someone in the media spotlight, if a survivor is not someone who has her sense of power and has some kind of powerful organization backing her, 
where is a survivor supposed to go? To a podcast? To a small newspaper in California? To a person who calls the Larry King show in 1993? Where is a survivor supposed to go? What are the avenues for any survivor? If a survivor is not believed and if a survivor needs to be heard, where does she go? Where does that person go to? There is no way, in my view, that anybody in 1993 in a powerful senator's office would have paid any attention to Tara Reid. And according to Tara Reid, that is exactly how it was. She had worked with a woman who was a supervisor, or at least a co-worker at minimum, who told her, according to Reid, that you should be flattered by the senator's interest in you, that any woman working as a staffer for Senator Joe Biden would be interested, would be flattered by the attention that he's giving you. Where is a survivor supposed to go? Why would anybody think that reporting to Joe Biden's office and Reid says that she did file a complaint? Why does anybody think that that complaint wouldn't have been thrown in the garbage? Why would anybody think that? Then Reid says that there was retaliation against her. She vividly recounts all of this. My bottom line position, and I'll say it again, and I've said it before, is that these forums, these fora, the news media, the newspapers, while the media and newspapers may be places that you can be heard, these are not the contextual areas for a proper evaluation of a survivor's allegations. But the reason why survivors inevitably go to these places is because there is not a proper infrastructure in place when it comes to allegations made against powerful men in particular men who have a particular status, a particular wealth, a particular fame and notoriety. There is not a complaints process where those survivors can feel safe, where those survivors can feel comforted, where those survivors can be believed. That particular peace of mind is not given to the survivor. The survivor faces death threats. The survivor faces attacks on her person. Her address gets exposed. 
she is called all kinds of names. She has all of these messages left in her inbox. Vile, misogynistic messages. Particularly when it's a powerful man. Some of the sisterhood that she might go to. The same sisterhood that claims that women should be believed. That all women should be believed. Somehow that sisterhood turns its back on her. That sisterhood doesn't believe her. That is the reality that survivors face, especially in instances where the alleged violence has been committed upon their person by a powerful man. There is a reality of a patriarchy in this world. There is a reality of sexism and misogyny in this world. There is a reality of male violence against women in this world. And when you are in a situation where you are going to the very place that upholds and protects powerful men, a.k.a. the corporate news media, it will always be an uphill battle. What survivors do not have, and this is a failing of the societies, and the society particularly, in which they live and inhabit, What survivors do not have is the proper systemic infrastructure that can protect them, that can can encourage them to come forward and that can give them a renewed sense of peace of mind in knowing that once they do come forward, their accounts of their experiences will be taken seriously, will be prosecuted, will be looked at, will be investigated. And that the powerful men that they accuse are brought in for scrutiny and investigation. The question once again is not, do you believe Tara Reid? Given the centuries and centuries of male violence against women and girls, the question really is, and the question must be, do you believe Joe Biden? Let's bring in the apparent Democratic nominee for president, former Vice President Joe Biden. Mr. Vice President, thank you for coming on the show this morning. We have a lot we want to ask you this morning. Joe and Willie will join in just a moment for questions on how you would handle this pandemic, the campaign, and other news of the day. But at the start, it's just going to be you and me. And I want to get right to the allegation made against you by Tara Reid. So... The former Senate aide accuses you of sexual assault. 
And please, uh, to our viewers, please excuse the graphic nature of this, but I want to make sure that there is no question as to what we're talking about. She says in 1993, Mr. Vice President, that you pinned her against the wall and reached under her clothing and penetrated her with your fingers. Would you please go on the record with the American people? Did you sexually assault Tara Reid? No, it is not true. I'm saying unequivocally, it never, never happened. And it didn't. It never happened. Do you remember her? Do you remember any any types of complaints that she might have made? I don't remember any type of complaint she <clears throat> may have made. It was 27 years ago, and uh, I don't remember, nor does anyone else that I'm aware of. And uh, the fact is that I don't remember. I, I don't remember any complaint ever having been made. Have you or your campaign, have you reached out to her? No, I have not reached out to her. It's 27 years ago. This never happened. And uh, when she first made the claim, we made it clear that it never happened. And uh, that's as simple as that. That was the first two minutes of the Morning Joe program regarding Joe Biden. Certainly the first two minutes of the interview that Mika Brzezinski did with the former vice president today during that Morning Joe program. Now, throughout Morning Joe this morning, there was a number of portions of the broadcast devoted to delivering context about the allegations allegations made by Tara Reid, the allegations made by Dr. Blasey Ford against Brett Kavanaugh, who, of course, ended up becoming a Supreme Court justice. The allegations that many women made against Donald Trump. And, of course, Donald Trump ends up um, getting into the White House. So Morning Joe did some comprehensive looks at those cases. But as I alluded to earlier... The systemic things were left out. The key things that give survivors comfort, a process of knowing that they are going to be protected. And that was completely omitted from Morning Joe today. No discussion about the Time's Up organization, which was supposedly this organization that was supposed to give women protection women jobs, women all kinds of protections against uh, as survivors against any kind of thing going on against them, any kind of violations. They were supposed to protect them, stand up for them, all kinds of things. They were dedicated to making workplaces better for women, not just for rich celebrity women, but also women of any means. That was one of their mission statements. Time's Up, which actually had an affiliation or had an ownership with and by SDK Knickerbocker, which is a public relations company and agency, did not allow Tara Reid any kind of access. And when it turns out that SDK Knickerbocker is a firm that's owned in part or in all by Anita Dunn, 
And when it turns out that Anita Dunn is the chief campaign organizer and strategist and manager of Joe Biden's campaign for president in 2020, then what you are getting into is a systemic structure that is built around Joe Biden. A structure that is built around him, but a structure that is not built around a survivor like Tara Reid. As I alluded to in April, just last month, in an episode of this podcast around Tara, uh, around Tara Reid, I said that Tara Reid, for the news media in this country, the US of A, did not fit the model of a woman who had been rich, had been successful in terms of high prominence. She was not a socialite. She was not connected to the powerful. She did not have a sphere of influence in society. And Tara Reid was your garden variety and is your garden variety ordinary individual. And ordinary in the sense that she did not have those structures of support that, say, perhaps someone like an E. Jean Carroll would have. E. Jean Carroll moved in the circles, and still does to some degree, in the circles of the elite and powerful. She was someone who was a media personality. She had her own talk show, daytime talk show. She had newspaper columns. She was somebody who was in the media. Tara Reid is not someone who is in the media. Tara Reid is an everyday individual, which is not to denigrate her at all. It is just to say that status is something in this society that is emphasized. And for Tara Reid, she did not have the benefits of those things. She was and is a working class or middle class a working class individual who has a family. She's raised a daughter. She's She's got a lot of different things going on. And she's more representative of the average person in American society. And she is not representative of the 1% in this society. She is more akin to the average small business owner, the average mom and pop store owner than she is the owner of a huge corporation like Ruth Chris Steakhouse. So this is the situation and context that all of this comes around and all of these things happen in. And because they happen in these circles, Tara Reid already finds herself at a distinct disadvantage. And yet she made complaints in 1993. We've heard of the corroboration of numerous people. But Joe Biden has the New York Times on his side. In a report that was exhaustive, but also in some instances equivocating and neutral. And to the point in which the New York Times said, how high should I jump when Joe Biden 
and his campaign called them and said, hey, take this sentence out of here that says that, well, apart from all these other things that Joe Biden did, we find that there was that this was inconclusive about him regarding Tara Reid, because half the people we spoke to said, no, there's no cooperation here. No one in his staff office remembers any of this. And then the other people who they spoke to who corroborated Tara Reid said, yeah, you know, ta- yeah, she told us this. So this is the thing. Why would staffers in Joe Biden's office who worked with him, why would people who worked with Joe Biden ever say that they did? Oh, yes, I remember that. Yeah, there was a complaint that Tara Reid made. None of them are going to do that. None of them will. They are going to defend the powerful man. If they want any kind of future perk, if they want any kind of possible job in a Biden administration, that is what they're going to do. They're going to defend him. They have something to lose in the sense that they want access. Tara Reid has something to lose in the sense that her reputation can be tarnished. And in fact, she's already talked about this in on Democracy Now!, that they have tarnished her reputation. Her information has been posted online. She's had her maiden name exposed. She's had all kinds of things about her exposed. And she's had retaliation and retribution. She talks about that in a, num- in a numerous group of interviews, numerous groups of interviews, whether it's on Kate- Katie Halper's podcast, whether it was in other fora, like Democracy Now. So if these individuals who are representatives for Joe Biden in his staffing uh, in the Senate in 1993 know what's good for them, if they don't want any retribution or any kind of situation happen to them, of course they're going to say, no, we never saw anything. Who is going to be the whistleblower here? We have whistleblowers. Whistleblowers now are beginning to get a bit more respect, but not very much in this climate with Donald Trump. So I guess what I'm trying to aim at here is where is the protection for Tara Reid? Where is the institution and infrastructure that protects her? There are rape crisis centers. There are advocates who are looking at protecting survivors, there are advocates who advocate for survivors daily and do a very good job. But where is the systemic infrastructure for that survivor to come forward? It is not there. That infrastructure is invisible. And so it is an enormously, enormously challenging and uphill task for any survivor in these situations. Tara Reid is the one at a huge disadvantage here. The presumption is to believe the powerful man. And I've said this before, that people are more willing to believe the lies of a powerful man than they are willing to believe the truth that a woman tells. Or put another way, people are far more willing to believe the lies told about a woman than they are willing 
to believe the ugly truth about a man, especially a powerful man. I find that to be the truth, don't you? Do you agree with that statement? Do you believe Joe Biden? The New York Times has investigated this exhaustively. They didn't find uh, any of your former staff members who were able to corroborate the details of this allegation. She did file a police report uh, a few weeks ago with the D.C. police. Um, but since you want to set the record straight, um, why limit this only to Tara Reid? Why not release any complaints that it may have been made against you during your Senate career? I'm prepared to do that. There, the best of my knowledge, there's been no complaints made up against me in terms of my Senate career, in terms of my office, and everything that has been run. Look, this is an open book. There's nothing for me to hide. Nothing at all. You were unequivocal, uh, Mr. Vice President, back in 2018 during the Kavanaugh controversy and hearings. And um, you said that women should be believed. You said this, for a woman to come forward in the glaring lights of focus nationally, you've got to start off with the presumption that at least the essence of what she is talking about is real. Whether or not she forgets the facts, whether or not it's been made worse or better over time. She's going to be going on national television on Sunday. Tara Reid is coming forward in the glaring lights. To use your words, should we not start off with the presumption that the essence of what she's talking about is real? She says you sexually assaulted her. Look, from the very beginning, I've said believing women means taking the woman's claim seriously when she steps forward and, and then vet it. Look into it. This, this, that, that's true in this case as well. Women have a right to be heard, and the, and the press should rigorously investigate claims they make. I always uphold that principle. But in the end, in every case, the truth is what matters. And in this case, the truth is the claims are false. Is it possible these claims are held in NDA? Do you have any NDAs that have been signed by women who are employed by you? There's no NDA sign, and no, no one's ever signed. I've never asked anybody to sign an NDA. There are no NDAs, period, in my case. None. Joe Biden talking to Mika Brzezinski this morning on Morning Joe. Joe Biden's campaign has done a horrible job in responding to Tara Reid and her allegations against Joe Biden and the campaign now is backpedaling because they know now that this is not going to go away and why should it go away it hasn't gone away for Tara Reid it will never go away for Tara Reid it will be something that will be with her for the rest of her life The question is not, do you believe Tara Reid? The question is, do you believe 
Joe Biden. Joe Biden, as I said, has released a statement today, did release a statement today on Medium, which is really the talking point statement. And he based what he was saying to Mika Brzezinski on that article. If you read that article on Medium from Joe Biden, it's easy to find. You will see that a lot of what he is answering to was put out in that particular statement. If you watch the interview that Mika Brzezinski did with him. Now, did Joe Biden ever get any of these questions in advance? You don't know. And I don't know. I do remember that four years ago, during the 2016 presidential campaign, Mika Brzezinski and Joe Scarborough interviewed Donald Trump. And there was some hot mic audio capturing all three of them chuckling and laughing after and in between commercial breaks. Who knows what the conditions were with this. Who knows how Joe Biden came to coming on that show. Mika Brzezinski, I think, did as thorough a job as she could, although the systemic implications were never discussed. There were issues about the places of where records would be kept, There were points about that, but nothing about the system, nothing about the infrastructure, nothing about Democrats, although there was some mention of it. And I will play that in a few moments. Democrats who came out in support of certain people like Dr. Ford, but not in support of other people like Tara Reid. It was heartbreaking in my view and embarrassing that people like Stacey Abrams, who has made it very clear that she wants a vice presidential spot. She wants that spot. And she made clear this week just the extents that which she is wished to to which she will go. She made clear. To the very extents she would go, just how far she would go, to the extent she would go to get this nomination, defending him openly. It was a moment for me where my heart sank, knowing Stacey Abrams to be someone of really good quality, to sink like this, like a stone, And I still think Stacey Abrams is a good person. But to do this, to, in my view, lie. On national television to Don Lemon. Because you want a VP spot. 
quite frankly, is unforgivable. But I still think that Stacey Abrams is the best choice for Joe Biden. I've predicted that Elizabeth Warren would be the best, uh, would be the pick. And I still think that Joe Biden will end up picking Elizabeth Warren. But the person I would like to see him pick is Stacey Abrams. But this was a very low moment for her this week, as it was for Kirsten Gillibrand, who is someone who's gone on record for years as a person in the Senate who advocates for survivors, whether it be domestic violence, whether it be rape in the military. She had put bills in the Senate. She had even sparred with Senator Dianne Feinstein about the kinds of protections the bills should have. They clashed upon the bill, which bill should be the one to go in, which bill, her bill or the Feinstein bill, her bill or this was this is open record. And to see Kirsten Gillibrand completely turn around and say, well, you know, I believe Joe Biden is a real cop out. Both of these women and others, women and men, but mostly women. And I think men should be asked about this. It shouldn't just fall to women. This is why I think the Joe Biden campaign has done a really horrible job here. They should have come out at the beginning and had Joe Biden make a statement not hide behind a press release, not hide behind medium, but come out on his own, not with Morning Joe, but by himself and make a statement. And then maybe face questions after that statement. But what you saw in medium was this talking point article. That's really what it was. That article in Medium that Joe Biden wrote today, that was released today, was talking points for him to use for this interview that he did with Mika Brzezinski this morning. That's my view. If you watch that 18-minute interview, which is available at MSNBC, I have retweeted it at the popcorn, R-E-E-L, on my Twitter feed, you will see that what he says in that interview comes straight from this Medium article, which is probably written by a staffer of his. I mean, that's that's how it's done most of the time. A staffer reads it, and then the politician in question, he or she approves it. And there are times when the politician actually writes these things herself. But a lot of times, that's not the case. And then what happens is, is that the politician reads it and gives his or her approval or disapproval and changes. What was happening this week was a case of at least two women who put their own personal political ambitions ahead of the truth, in my view, ahead of a survivor, in my view, and ahead of the interests of survivors, in my view. 
power is an aphrodisiac. And when it comes to issues of violence against women or any other serious issue, there are women and there are men who, in the face of an in-seeking power, will trample on their own principles, will shred their own integrity in order to gain access to the very thing that keeps their careers alive in Washington, D.C. or in any other part of the world when it comes to politics. And that is power. This runs much deeper than House of Cards. Kirsten Gillibrand wants a job in Joe Biden's administration. And when he walks into the White House next January, as he will, and I'll be voting for him, I guarantee you that Senator Kirsten Gillibrand will be a member of his cabinet. And I guarantee you that Stacey Abrams will be either vice president or will be a member of Joe Biden's cabinet. What you are seeing now is a system, a system that protects powerful men, a system created by powerful and rich men. And a system that insulates them and crushes survivors. Who is supposed to check on the powerful? Who is supposed to be the check on and against the powerful? Is it supposed to be the media? Because if it is supposed to be the media, the media is the very arm that protects the powerful. It is a voice of the powerful. Corporations own the media now. So where are the checks and balances? Mika Brzezinski, Mika Brzezinski comes from a political family. Her father was Secretary of State under Jimmy Carter way back when. Mika Brzezinski has known Joe Biden for a number of years. Powerful men have the luxury of forums or fora that are very friendly and safe to them. Fora that are friendly, safe, and hardly alien to them. Survivors do not have that Luxury. Survivors do not have that comfort. They do not have a system in place that's designed by them and for them, that's powerful, that protects them. 
they have to go to the media because the systems that are in place aren't really there to protect them. Your human resources place at your workplace is not there with a design to protect you if you have a complaint against your boss or another coworker. Your human resources department is there to protect the company that it is a part of. The human resources department is an arm of the company. It is not there to protect you. When push comes to shove in the average workplace, the human resources department will get rid of the person making the complaint while it will keep the individual who is being complained about. This is true of workplaces all over the world. And this is certainly true of workplaces in America. This is true of the priesthood that protects powerful priests who continue to molest young boys and girls, continues to attack them. And they get shuttled from priesthood to priesthood. This is all well documented. Numerous newspapers have done in-depth reports about these things. There are systems in place that protect powerful men, be they in the Catholic Church, be they in the White House, be they in politics in general, be they professional athletes. You will not find those same systems for survivors. You will not find those same systems protecting survivors. You will not find those systems created by survivors or for survivors. They do not have the luxury of a network that protects them, a TV station that is built and designed for them, an infrastructure that protects them, an institutional arm that protects them. Did you know that the National Organization of Women has absolutely said nothing about Tara Reid? Then you have to ask yourself, for what purpose is the National Organization of Women if it is not speaking out for Tara Reid or in support of Tara Reid? Why is it that only certain people are those that the National Organization advocates for, but yet the same National Organization of Women does not advocate for other people who are bringing claims of violence against them? Why is it that the National Organization of Women barely speaks out when black women are attacked? And are very slow to speak up at all. Or never do. But when certain women. White women. And white celebrity women in particular are attacked. 
you can hear their voices all day long. Tara Reid is a white woman. Tara Reid is not a rich woman. She's not a rich white woman. And the National Organization of Women have made it clear that Tara Reid is not someone they even want to be associated with. They don't even want to advocate for Tara Reid. And therein lies the hypocrisy of the NOW, of Gloria Steinem, of all of these so-called feminists. They too are part of a system. They have become, in many respects, the very thing that they were fighting against 50 or 60 years ago. These are the real issues. It is not so much the he said and she said. It is much more about the system that creates he said and she said. It is much more about the real issue, which is the protection of survivors, the landscape upon which they enter, the society and the toxic masculinity that is awash throughout a patriarchy, the misogyny that they step into when they dare come forward. When they come forward right away, they are not believed. The instinct of most men and women in this country and many others is to assume that a woman is lying. Yet the same instinct is to assume that the man is telling the truth, at least for a great number of people still here in 2020. Those are the issues that were not touched by Mika Brzezinski or anybody else on Morning Joe. These are the issues that will not get touched in a corporate news media that is framed, controlled, owned by powerful men and at that powerful white men. Joe Biden signals to their interests, as does Donald Trump. This is about systems, who is benefited by them, who is protected by them, who creates them, and who is disadvantaged by them. I'll be back in a moment with one more clip from Morning Joe and a couple of final thoughts. Do you believe Joe Biden? 
not the atmosphere in my office at all. No one has ever said anything like this. But Mr. Vice President, as it pertained to Dr. Ford, everyone wanted, high-level Democrats said she should be believed, that they believed it happened. You said if someone like Dr. Ford were to come out, the essence of what she is saying has to be believed, has to be real. No, why? And no, what I why? Said, it has why to is be... it real for Dr. Ford, but not for Tara Reid? There, because the facts are there. Look, she, I'm not suggesting she had no right to come forward. And I never, and I'm not saying any woman, they should come forward. They should be heard. And then it should be investigated. It should be investigated. And if there's anything that makes it, that is consistent with what's being said, and she makes the case or the case is made, then it should be believed. But ultimately, the truth matters. The truth matters. It's period. I fought my entire life to change, to change the whole notion of the law and the cultural sexual uh, around the culture around sexual assault. And I fought to strengthen and protect the process for survivors. I believe it would come a long way, and we have a long way to go in this system before we, in fact, are in a position that there's a fair and unbiased view. But uh, at the end of the day, it has to be looked at. These claims are not true. There's no cooperation. I mean, they're not true. Mr. Vice President, I don't know what else I can uh, say to you. Well, uh, I'm going to try and ask many different ways. Uh, Stacey Abrams uh, said during the Kavanaugh hearings, I believe women, I believe survivors of assault should be supported and the voices heard. Kirsten Gillibrand tweeted, do we believe women? Do we give them the opportunity to tell their story? We must be a country that says yes every time. They now both support you. Nancy Pelosi falls into this category too, as well as many other leaders in the Democratic Party. Are women to be believed? Are women to be believed unless it pertains to you? Women are to be believed and given the benefit of the doubt, Joe Biden says. That was another clip from this morning's edition of Morning Joe on MSNBC. Joe Biden talking to Mika Brzezinski. And MSNBC, by the way, was one of the networks that was slowest to come forward. They have, as of yet, still not put Tara Reid on their air, personally. In fact, no television network in the corporate news media has, but two have in the progressive or at least media that is not necessarily as out front. In the progressive media, Democracy Now! of course has, and also in the media owned by Hill.TV in a program called Rising, Tara Reid was featured on that program as well. First of all, though, her interview with the podcaster Katie Halper was the place that Tara Reid was first heard. That was last month. Uh, Excuse me, that was in March of this year, 2020. We are now in May. And only now is Joe Biden speaking about these allegations. What I think has happened here is, well, let me just start with this. 
What if, and I don't know if Mika Brzezinski is a survivor or not, but what if a survivor was asking Joe Biden these questions instead? What if we had a system where the survivor got to interview Joe Biden? And I'm not saying Tara Reid has to interview Joe Biden. That's not going to work, obviously, for the sake of anything forthcoming that Joe Biden would say or not say. But I'm saying, what if a survivor, someone that you and I did not know, who was not famous, was asking these questions instead of Mika Brzezinski? Would it have made for a more powerful situation? Mika Brzezinski did what she had to do. And I think that she did do some effective work in asking the questions. But of course, as with anything, she could have gone a lot deeper. And you only have a certain amount of time in 18 minutes to do so. I'm not knocking Mika Brzezinski. But what I am talking about in terms of having a system where survivors are on an equal playing field with the people they allege did what they did to them, particularly when it comes to powerful men or any man. If survivors are in these kinds of fora on television and elsewhere, then why not have a survivor interview Joe Biden? I think that would make for a dynamic that's more powerful. And I'm not just saying for television's sake, but for survivors everywhere. That would make for a, an even more authentic and powerful situation. So that Joe Biden is literally facing a survivor, if not Tara Reid, but a survivor. Would that level the playing field even for a few minutes? Maybe it would, maybe it wouldn't. Just a thought. The other thought I have is that Joe Biden probably spent a number of days being coached by people on his political team, his advisors, his strategists, on what to say for this interview. And my theory is that this medium interview or this medium writing that appeared in Medium today was something that was hatched out of talking points. And that was a script that Joe Biden was told to stick to. I think that one of his strategists wrote that medium story once again, you can find that online pretty easily. I think one of his advisors wrote that story so that, as talking points, so that he could stick to the script. Joe Biden is known for going off script. He does it a lot. And I think he was told in no uncertain terms by his strategists, by his advisors, that this is the script you must stick to in answering these allegations. That is why I think, in part, the campaign took 
a month plus before it responded beyond the press release. Which said that this should be happening in independent media to suggest a bias. Oh, so Jacobin and The Intercept have a bias. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. But all media has a bias. Just like Comcast has a bias. Just like Morning Joe has a bias. Just like progressive media has a bias. I mean, what is their definition of an independent press? That's what the female deputy strategist and press person, I think her name is Kate Bedingfield, said in that statement back in, I think, early April or late March of this year. They need to be litigated in an independent press. What is an independent press to them? Is that a neutral press? Is that a press not owned by a corporation like NBC is and MSNBC is? What do they mean by, what does she mean in that statement by an independent press? My theory is that Joe Biden was coached. He was told, in my view, this is the statement that you have to stick to. This article is your statement and it's your talking points. And you will have to memorize this and you are going to be speaking strictly from this article. Do not deviate from it. If you watch that interview today, you will see that there's moments where he looks like he wants to say more or he begins to say things beyond the four corners of that medium story. And I think it's pretty darn convenient that that medium story was released exactly half an hour before Joe Biden went on the air. In a sense, he's still hiding behind a statement. He is being tailored to a statement rather than expressing himself without a script. If you didn't do these things, Joe Biden, to Tara Reid, if you didn't attack her, then why can't you speak freely? Why did you have to wait over a month? Did you hope that these allegations would go away? Did you hope that by ignoring them, by not really saying anything, that they would just disappear during this pandemic that has now taken over 64,000 plus lives in the US and counting? Did you hope that people wouldn't pay attention? Is that what you hoped? Is that what your campaign told you? Why would you have to release an essay or a statement? Why couldn't you just directly come out from the very start in your own words and speak before the cameras and take questions and be done? This has happened with numerous other men who have been accused. Some of them have come to the cameras and made it clear, no, this didn't happen. Some of them have not done that. Others still have done what you're doing. Put out a statement, hope it goes away. And then when it's clear that the media is prodded by most of us who care about survivors and not the politics. Well, some people care more about that than they do the survivor. 
When those of us who care about survivors tell you, can you just at least report this? Can you at least have the media put this out? Can the media do, can you do your job in the corporate news media? When they finally are pushed to do their job and they finally do it, then you come out and say something. And then you come out and say it after you put a statement out in medium. Why can't you just address these allegations? Why didn't you just come to the cameras when this started to come out in the progressive media and say immediately, no, I didn't do this. If you didn't do that, I mean, everybody talks about, well, why didn't Tara Reid come out right away? Well, fact is, she did come out. She was doing this in 1993 and after. The phone call to Larry King by her mother. The numerous times that other friends and family corroborated her. And she didn't change her story. She filled in the blanks. She remembered things. This is a common thing with survivors. This isn't that she changed her story. She remembered more and more things. This happens. And that's the other thing that's missing. There's no conversation where there's an education of the American public or any other public where survivors are concerned and what happens to survivors. There's no education or discussion about this in the American public. Certainly not by the corporate news media. And so with a result of that, you get these ignorant statements being made by people. Well, she changed her statement. She didn't change anything. But Joe Biden has changed his First, it's a statement saying, well, we want this litigated in an independent press. Now it's, well, you know what? I believe women, but I also think you've got to look at the facts. In 2018, it was, well, when a woman says this, believe it's real. Believe it happened. Now it's, oh, I'm modifying. Now it's, oh, well, you know, yeah, I, the, you should think the essence of what they're saying is real, but let's look at the facts and investigate. Isn't that changing your statement? Isn't that changing your posture on this, Joe? Again, I would say to Joe Biden, I would say to anybody, Do you believe Joe Biden? Thank you for listening to The Politocrat. I'm Omar Moore. Mm -hmm.